God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. February 4th, 2024. My ex-wife would have been 63 today. You never saw 61. You never know. Never know how much time is available. I want to talk about love letters. Um, it's 2 Corinthians 3, beginning with verse 2. It's on page 778 if, in the Pew Bible. It says, You are our epistle written in our hearts known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Each and every one of us, the experiences that we've gone through, the way God has worked in our lives, as it reflects into our lives. We talked before about... uh, about grace being not only uh, the unmerited favor that so many people uh, grab onto that uh, definition, but also the definition that says it's the gift of God in, in your heart and its reflection in your life. And as as the as the love of God works in our life, is written into our lives, and is read by all men is read by the people round about us. They can see a difference. They can see uh, that you have peace in the midst of turmoil. They can see that when everything seems to be falling apart, we're not in a panic. Praise God, that's a wonderful thing. Panic's never good. When we panic, we you know, kind of lose sight of of uh, the things that are going on, and the imagination runs, runs, runs wild, and, and there's always the need to be settled. There's always the need to be calm. There's always the need to have a confidence and a faith that God loves us. God is at work in our lives. And no matter what we face, we don't face it alone. And as we walk that out in our lives, as that becomes part of our attitude, part of part of our demeanor, part of just our personality, knowing that Whatever comes, I'm in the hands of a sovereign God. As Jerry j- just said, you know, if if something happens, then he knows where he's going. And all of us, no, having that confidence of knowing that the God who knit me together in my mother's womb knows everything about me, loves me, has a plan and purpose for my life. And while I'm in the uh, the will of God, while I'm you know, while God is not done with me here, I'm immortal. And when God is done, when my days on earth, which are already written in a book, when my days on earth are finished, I know my destination. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and God is at work. And that is a comfort and a strength, knowing that no matter what I face, no matter what any of us face, God loves us, God is at work in us, and He's drawing us by His Spirit. He wants us to walk ever closer with Him. But as we walk with the Lord, as we as we walk out this life knowing that God has us in the palm of His hands, does He always do exactly what we think He ought to? No. I remember when uh, Rich's sister 
had cancer many years ago. Rich was... I'm not even sure if I was the pastor at the time. I don't remember. It's been that long ago. It was, it was definitely the other day. But I remember praying for Rich and praying for his sister, and I was positive. I was absolutely positive God was going to heal her completely of the cancer and raise her up. And she, and she would be able to stand and give that testimony that God had completely healed her. And it didn't work out that way. And God doesn't always do the things the way I think He ought to. But I know that God is still God. God is still faithful. And no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we go through it knowing that we have a God that loves us. And because of that, our attitude as we face things, our attitude as we deal with other people, can be the attitude of showing a peace and a calm in the midst of turmoil. I serve a God who heals. There's nothing too hard for Him. At the same time, I limp. Um, I talked uh, last week, I believe it was, of uh, the minister that comes up every couple of years, every year, every couple of years, comes up from Georgia, and how he had prayed, you know, he was blind, legally blind, yet he'd prayed for somebody that was losing their eyesight, and God healed them. God can do anything, use any vessel to do it. But it's that confidence of knowing that even though I might not understand what's going on, I might not um, be thrilled with the circumstances, I'm not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. His grace is sufficient even in the midst of turmoil. Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 1, page 787. says, And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, who were by nature children of wrath, just as the others." Paul says, God worked in your life and changed you. Changed your focus. Changed your, your, uh, your attitude. He, he worked in us. He made us alive. The person that I was before I quit running from God, the person that I was was not anybody, anybody here would ever want to hang around. I was mean. I was vindictive. I was very, very selfish. I was arrogant. I was not a nice guy. But when I finally stopped running from God, when I finally said, I've made a mess of my life, but if you can do anything with it, it's yours. God began to change me. And I am not the person that I used to be. I am not the bitter, angry person that I was before. Not because I made great changes in my life, but because I serve a God who loves me, who wants what's best and wants what's right in my life, wants what's right in all of our lives. Paul telling the Ephesians, you were messed up just like the people all around you, but God called you out of that. 
And he's working in, but the things that, the, that you see going on in the world around it, that's exactly who you were until God touched and changed you. But God has done great things in you. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at what God has already done in your life. Praise God I'm not the person that I used to be. Praise God none of us were. None of us are. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God wants to show off. In the ages to come, God might show the exceeding riches of His grace by what He's done in me, by what He's done in you. God doesn't make junk. He's making us new creation, new creatures in Christ Jesus. As we continue to draw close to Him, as we continue to seek His face. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As we walk out our faith, as we walk out this life, as we interact with the people around us, we show God's grace in our life. Remember that, that gift of God in your heart and its reflection in your life. The way we talk to people, the way we, we interact with people, the way we, uh, the way we have a smile, the way we can be patient when somebody is just, um, otherwise getting on our nerves. Uh, Whatever's going on, that peace that comes from knowing that we serve the Lord. When we, uh, if, pretty much all almost retired. But as we work, as we, as we set our hands to a task, doing it with diligence, knowing that we're not doing this task for our neighbor, we're not doing this task for our friend. Whatever it is that we do, we do is unto the Lord. That God be glorified by the work of our hands. By, by the excellence that He is working in us. That we are diligent in all that we do. That God be glorified. In John 15, verse, beginning with verse 9, page 727. Jesus says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Stop right there for just a minute. You read about the things that, that Jesus went through. You read the, 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 the um, even before the, the crucifixion, but, but the being uh, reviled by the scribes and Pharisees. They were trying to trick him. They were trying to catch him in a, in a, in a, uh, getting to, basically to somehow to sin, somehow to trip him up. That was all part of, as the Father loved me. Remember, everything that happens in our life has to come through the sovereign hand of an almighty God who loved us and is at work in us. Same in Jesus' life. 
the obstacles that came, the temptation in the wilderness, all of that came with the permission of sovereign Almighty God. And if I, I heard something, I was talking about Spurgeon. Um, Charles Spurgeon was a, a very well-known uh, scholar and an evangelist, very well-known preacher, and he had a lot of health issues. And uh, somebody asked him, how it felt knowing that, that God allowed it. He said, if I don't believe that God orchestrated it, giving me exactly what I'm not just allowed it, we're going to let this happen to this person over here. But if that God was it, you know, measuring out exactly what was going on. If I don't believe that God is in complete control, then I have no hope. I have nothing but despair. But I know that no matter what comes into my life, it comes according to the plan and will of God. And God is going to bring me through it, or He's going to take me home through it. But God is still God. He still loves me. He is still at work in the circumstances. Whatever we face, we have to know that God is in control. God is in charge. And God loves us, and He desires our good. Nothing good will He withhold from them who walk uprightly. And you say, well, what does good look like? Well, in my natural mind, in my natural understanding, I have a criteria of what good is. It's pleasant. It's calm. It's peaceful. There's no trouble. There's no difficulties. That all sounds good to my natural mind. But when I'm trusting that God has my good in mind, I know that He knows more than I do. He knows the end from the beginning. And God is still God. The things that we face do not change the fact that God loves us. The difficulties, the sicknesses, the turmoil, the uh, I've been through bankruptcy court. It was many years ago, but I've been there. The things we go through in life, God is still God. It doesn't change the fact that God loves us and God has a plan and purpose for us. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So many people in the world today want to get away from that. They talk about a loving God, but they don't. They miss the point where part of serving a loving God is showing His love by doing what He says. Uh, saw a thing this morning. So many, so many Christians don't read the Bible because the Bible tells them how to live. The Bible says, thou shalt not, don't. And Jesus said, you've heard it said, you shall not, but I say if you do this part, you've already committed the sin. Lord, help us. Help us to walk with a heart steadfast on you, always seeking your face. Jesus had a testimony that said, I do only the things that please my Father. I want a testimony like that. I do only the things that please my Father. Lord, help me. Help all of us. Jesus, verse 10, if you, if you have, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus didn't say, that everything's going to be pleasant. He said there is joy in knowing whose we are. Not only who we are, but who we belong to. Your joy may be full, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. 
That's a big one. Love one another just as Jesus loved us. Jesus laid down His life for us. Jesus told the truth. Jesus said, this was wrong, go and sin no more. Jesus said, told the Pharisees, learn what this means. I would have mercy and not sacrifice. Told the Sadducees, you do greatly err not knowing the Scripture. Meeting us at the point of our need, showing where we're lacking, and leading with a way forward. Go and sin no more. Go and do right. Go learn what this means. Jesus was always prodding and pushing to know the Father. When he drove the, uh, the money changers out of the temple with the whip, he said, it's written, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. He confronted wickedness wherever he saw it. But he had compassion for people who were trapped in bondage. He had compassion for people that didn't know any better. He had compassion for people who were willing to say, help my unbelief. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for that the things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it, he may give you these things I commanded you that you love one another. Talking about love letters. The Bible is a love letter to us and our lives are to be a love letter from God to the people around us. Pointing the way to a God who loves us. Pointing the way to a God who has our best and and our mind in mind and wants to draw us into fellowship. The people we encounter, as we are supposed to be lights and and salt in this world, as we are supposed to be faithful witnesses, pointing the way to our Father. Scripture says that you they might see your good works, see how you treat people, and glorify your Father in heaven. See how you are diligent at your, the task that you perform and glorify your Father in heaven. See your kindness. See your generosity. See your, your patience. See your love. See your grace in dealing with other people. And learn that it comes from the Father. Pointing the way with our lives, being faithful witnesses and ambassadors from heaven. As we encounter other people, as we spend time with them, pointing the way to the Father. Revelation 1, beginning with verse 4, page 823. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests even to God the Father, his God and Father and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. In the book of Revelation, John is reaching out to the churches. and says, greetings. Let me tell you about the grace and love of God. Reminding one another, reminding other people in the, the, the churches. Uh, John, who is at this point, he is the... Uh, he is the only one of the apostles left. They've all been put to death. John is on the island Pat, Isle of Patmos. But he's reaching out and he's encouraging the church. He's telling them about the love of God. In everything that he does, he tells about the love of God. In the, in the Gospel of John, he refers to himself as the, as the disciple that Jesus loved because he recognized the love of God in his life, and it was so overwhelming for him. But he, John never calls himself by name in the whole book of John. He says, the disciple that Jesus loved. Let me tell you about the love of God shed abroad in my heart so that it makes such an impact, not only on my life, but the life of everyone around me. That's what he's doing. That's what we are to be doing. Telling people, showing people the love of God. Being the love letter from heaven to the people we encounter. Because if we recognize that God is the one who directs our steps, that means as He's directing our steps, no one is crossing our path without God knowing about it, with God having set it up. Sounds like a really good spot for a, for a inter, interject a little story. Tuesday, this past week, the uh, I, I knew I needed a new battery for the truck. The truck battery wouldn't hold a charge. We charge it up. We go into St. Albans. We go to uh, Advance Auto Parts. And as we get to Advance Auto Parts, they go in, they come out, they test it. Yep, the battery's bad. It won't hold a charge. Uh, fired it back up. They did not have the battery that I needed. They had one that might sort of kind of work, and it was going to be $300, but they didn't have what I needed. I said, okay, well, that's a mess. So started the car back up. We needed to go to, uh, go to the grocery store. Deb says, should we go down and get another battery? First. First. I said, no, it'll be fine. We'll go to the store. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get our groceries. We'll come out. You know, it, the battery's been lasting about a day, a day and a half before it runs out. It should be fine. So we go to the grocery store. We come out and get out of the grocery store and click, 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 dead battery. So that was good. She did not say, I told you so. Then we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. So I, we called Jerry and ask him to come get us. The plan at that point was to have Jerry bring us home so we could get the car, so we could do what running around we needed to do so we could get the truck taken care of. That was the plan. And uh, right after I got off the phone with Jerry, Jerry said he was on his way. Sue and Frank pull up. And we talked to them about it. And Frank says, well, Advance isn't the only auto parts store in town. Call one of the other ones. I said, I don't even have any tools. He said, they'll loan you tools. So we call and call and talk to O'Reilly, and O'Reilly has the battery that is exactly what I need. It's $207 and a core charge and stuff like that, but $100 cheaper 
than what Advance had for one that was not the right one. Um, the place we were going to go, we talked about, was Interstate down in Williston. And I didn't want to run all the way to Williston and back um, before, you know, before going to the grocery store. So um, Sue and Frank take off. Jerry shows up. We go down to O'Reilly. I pick up the battery. And it's a three-year warranty. Everything is great. I bring it back, and I go to put it in the truck. They handed me, they gave me tools. Um, I put it in the truck, and the battery that I pull out is exactly like the battery I'm putting in. And it has a sticker on it from 522. So I've only had this battery for a year and a half, or, or coming up on two years. But uh, it's a three-year warranty. Batteries under warranty. Put the new battery in. Everything fires up. Take the core back over to to O'Reilly's Auto, and take it back. And it says, "This should have been under under warranty." He looks it up. It is. So the total cost to replace the battery on the truck is ten dollars and seventy cents. Now, let's think about this. Advanced Auto Parts did not have a battery suitable for the truck. If it had. I'd have been out 300 bucks. Um, I don't know what it would have cost to get the battery from Interstate down in Williston, but I know I would have to drive to Williston to get it. Whatever that would have cost. But because the one place didn't work, God brought Sue and Frank there right after I got off the phone with Jerry. Frank suggested calling somebody else. I called the next, the next place closest, and they had exactly what we needed and not only did they have exactly what we needed when we swapped it out, we found out that the old one was under warranty. So rather than costing me the $250 after tax and core charge and, and stuff like that and everything down, it cost $10.70. I had a plan. I was going to go get the battery from here. No, I was going to go get the battery from here. But God says, no, that's not going to work. Let's do it this way. And God's plan is perfect. God is the one still directing our steps. And as I, I had to talk to Jackie, so I was talking to Jackie about it. And she says, and to make it even better, Pastor Andrew, because you know Jackie's twang, getting in there. Jackie, if you're listening, I love you. That uh, as she talked about it, the, they, they were doing a Bible study at their church, and they were doing it on Zoom. And the passage they were reading, they were supposed to, as they read it, get a, get a lesson of what God is doing, what lesson speaks to you out of this. And the lesson that spoke to Jackie out of this, as, as that lined right up with the story I just told her, was you don't know who God is going to use to direct you to where you need to be. Fit right in with her Bible study. God is orchestrating. God is paying attention to the things going on in our lives. And our life should reflect that as we share that with the people around us. As we live out our life in such a way that gives glory to our Father. We are God's love letters to this generation. Our lives are to be the love letters of God to the people around us. He has us in place for a purpose. And the things that go on in our lives go on for a purpose. And we may not understand what that purpose is this side of heaven. But we know that God is in control. Deb, let's skip down to Romans. 
I'm going to go to Romans 8, beginning with verse 31. It's on page 762. It says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how, how, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what we face, we face it with the confidence that God loves me. God is at work in my life. God is at work in the circumstances. He is not surprised by them. He is not overwhelmed by them. He knew about it well in advance and continues to direct me and lead me and show His love in everything I face. Praise God we are never alone. Praise God we are not an afterthought. We are not forgotten. We are not ignored. We are loved by the Creator of the universe. Let our lives reflect that to the people we encounter because we are God's love letter written to them as well. That they can see what God is able to do. They are able to see the peace that comes from knowing God. Because we are in a generation that desperately needs the Lord. Scripture talks about men's hearts failing them for fear. We see it all around us. Wars and rumors of wars. Earthquakes in diverse places. There was an earthquake over uh, just across the border from, from the, the, um, the casino over by Aquasasne up in Quebec. It uh, happened, uh, happened on Thursday. I found out about it because, because Carl said, hey, did you feel the shaking? I said, well, first off, we're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> But uh, he told us about the earthquake, and then when I was researching it, I found out where it was. Earthquakes in diverse places. Southern Quebec. That's a pretty diverse place. All these things going on in the world around us. Signs of in the, in the earth and in the skies, in the heavens. Signs going on all around us. And God showing his love through us to the people we encounter. Father... We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you have written your love letter to us. And also, Father, that you write on our, heart, on our hearts your love letter for the people around us. You've called us to be witnesses. You've called us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to be the lights you've called us to be, to work in us, Father, to show your grace, to show your love, and to show your mercy. Be with us and keep us, Father. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. 
For more information, visit glbcvt.org.